Good morning, everyone. Um, before I even get started, I also wanted to mention that we just finished our really super awesome midweek on how to read the Bible for all it's worth. It was incredible. And I think all, if not most, of the sessions are currently sitting on Esther's Facebook or somebody around here's Facebook. So if you're not Facebook friends with her, become friends with her and um, definitely watch those because they, they helped, I think, everybody who was there uh, to be able to read the word in a more in-depth and honestly correct way. Uh, that being said, there's no midweek next week. Uh, taking a little bit of a break, uh, I think just one week, right? Just this Wednesday, and then we're getting started on something new. Um, so just wanted to point that out to you guys. There is no midweek this week, but we'll resume the next next Wednesday. Okay. So I'm just going to read three verses for you. Um, yeah. Romans 12, 13. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. 1 Peter 4, 9. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. And Hebrews 13, 2. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing, some have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. If you just want to get yourself in a posture of prayer and of attentiveness, place your feet on the floor. Father, we are grateful for your word, and we delight in you. We thank you for our many blessings, and I ask that you would just soften all of our hearts to hear your word and to do it as well. Amen. So a couple weeks ago, I was talking on the phone with my dad. When I was little, I lived in Puerto Rico. I lived with him and with my grandmother and as well with my two brothers. And uh, while we were there, we had a lot of adventures, <laughs> uh, things that I wouldn't do nowadays. And um, just went through a lot there. Some of it was amazing and some of it was not so good, but you know, that's life. Anyway, we were talking and uh, he was mentioning that we would go over every single day to my great-grandmother's house, right? So my great-grandmother lived one, two, three doors down, and uh, they didn't have much going on there, right? But we would go there every single day for lunch, right? And we would eat the greasiest fish imaginable. <laughs> it was literally just sitting in the grease all day. <laughs> and we would eat uh, these root vegetables, right? So it's it just fish and vegetables every single day, and like you'd think it'd be healthy, but my goodness, it was so oily. <laughs> it was so oily. To this day, I still can't really eat fish, and that's probably the reason why. It was smelly, <laughs> it was oily, and it was very, very, very filling as well. And there was always, always, always enough for everyone. They bake it in these, these Sorry, my grandmother would make it in these huge pots and there would be enough for anybody who would come over that day. Because they never extended invitations to anybody, 
but their door was always open. That's the way that they were. That's the way I think a lot of our older generations were anyway. Rarely inviting, you know, not really extending that invitation, not really um, telling you point blank, come over, we'll make a time for it, we'll plan this out. It's always just, hey, I've always got food on. You're always welcome. Now I wanna preface uh, this sermon really quick by saying that there is a difference between hospitality, which is what we're gonna be talking about, and fellowship, right? Fellowship is amongst believers. That one is exclusive. It's just for those of us who call each other brother and sister in Christ, right? Hospitality is all-inclusive, right? And sometimes there's fellowship within hospitality, but that does not make them the same thing. They are different because hospitality is extended to everybody, or at least it should be. We're just going to quickly go through four stories of hospitality in our Bible. The first one is going to be in the very, very beginning, starting in the Garden of Eden, where God made a home for his people. He created a place for them to feel safe, a place for them to thrive, to experience his goodness, and then he put himself in that place with them. His presence was there with them every day. And every day they delighted in God and with each other as well and with the creation that he had given them. Of course, there was food there. (laughs) A lot of food. And then we fast forward, we'll go down to Genesis chapter 18, right? So we're out of the garden at this point. We messed that up. And then, um, (laughs) and now God is starting this new plan to redeem his people. Right, and he chooses Abraham, chooses him to carry out his plan for the eventual redemption of all his creation, of all nations, of all peoples, including us. There's a story in chapter 18 where Abraham is sitting in the front of his tent, in the beginning of, uh, not the beginning of the day, in the heat of the day, the heat of the day, he was sweating. <laughs> um, but he sees three travelers coming down the road. And he has no idea who, he, who they are at the moment, but he notices them and he yeah. runs out to them and he begs them, come into my house. Come into my house. It's hot. Let me give you some food to eat. Let me give you uh, some water to refresh yourself. And of course they accept. And Abraham runs all about, wow, it's the hottest it's ever been. <laughs> and he's cutting up meat and cooking meat and he's boiling milk and he's making all these things and making bread and he's bringing them everything and he's setting them all, all these things before them so that they can be comfortable, right? So that they understand that they are in the care and the protection of Abraham and Abraham is honored by this, especially because it's revealed that those three people are actually the Lord, it's the Lord God and he's invited them in, him in. So he gives them the best seat in the shade. He gives them the best meal they've ever had. And then he stands there with them as they 
are being met as they are being having their needs met. He stands there with them, attentive to them, and making sure that they or that the Lord needs nothing. It is the honor of the host to be entrusted with someone else's needs. And a parent, I think, knows this more than I think anybody else, right? To be needed by something that is completely helpless otherwise, right? In fact, there's almost, there's kind of like a little bit of a sadness when they don't need you anymore. So God starts the world and we need him and he provides for us and he delights in that. And we continue to need him and we continue to delight in him. And every day he does this for us. He set this up for us. And then he gives us the opportunity to extend that same thing to other people, to extend that same hospitality. He's given us the same honor to act like he does. And he has blessed all of us with just enough to bless others as well. So when the opportunity comes for you to play the host, do you take it? One of our you markers is, are you looking to be served or to be of service? And hospitality is all about service. If it's about you, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> if it's about your comfort, you're doing it wrong. It's all about someone else. And this kind of hospitality that we're talking about can only be shown if you recognize the blessings that have been given to you. You have been blessed to be a blessing to others. Right. We hear that all the time. Right. And hospitality is one of those ways that we can tangibly do that. You can actually do that. A little bit further along in, our, in the Bible, in the book of Exodus, we meet a displaced people, the Israelites. They're, in their, the, they're enslaved by Egypt, right? And they cry out to the Lord because their suffering is so great, and the Lord hears them. So the Lord, coming through on his promise to make them a great people, he brings them out of that enslavement, right? They bring, he brings them out of that enslavement and into the beginning of his promise of a fertile land, of a land that they can call their own. And first, before they even get there, they need to do a little journey. They need to walk through the wilderness. They were there 40 years, and that was their own fault. <laughs> but either way, it was a few weeks' journey. They were always going to have to walk a little bit through there. And who was going to meet their needs? It was always going to be God. So they're walking through the wilderness, even after their dis disobedience, and God is providing for them the entire way. He's providing them with manna, bread. He's providing them with meat, and he's providing them with the greatest thing of all, his presence, his protection. They are protected the whole time. And his presence is constantly, constantly, constantly with them. Along the way, God gives these people his law, which I know we tend to view as like this very restricting thing, but it, was, it wasn't supposed to be. It was just supposed to be a way to show them how holy God is. 
And this law is actually completely revolutionary for the time as well because this law gives value to a people who did not have any. To Israel, who was, enslaved, who was enslaved and never had any value, as well as to the marginalized within those groups, to the widows and the orphans, to women in general, to those with diseases. And also to the travelers, right? Because culturally we know that in this time period, people were traveling. This is how they were going places, and it was taking time. It wasn't just a quick little 20-minute ride somewhere. It was days, it was weeks, it was hours, right? And they depended on the hospitality of people around them. So these travelers, they would come through the Israelite camps, right? And the Lord had given them protection. He wrote it in his law in Leviticus 19, 33 and 34. He says, when a, when a foreigner resides among you in your land, do not mistreat them. The foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native born. Love them as yourself. Why? For you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. We show hospitality because we know what it's like to be a traveler. The Israelites were enslaved, and then they were displaced. Even when they were free, they were wandering. And God is calling on them to remember that. And to extend that same courtesy that he gave them to other people. We show hospitality because we know what it's like to be a traveler. To feel very vulnerable, right? feel confused and at the complete mercy of everyone else we wander from thing to thing we've wandered from job to job we've wandered from sin to sin from addiction to addiction to addiction and we get completely swept up until we are left confused without a map we've experienced that And many of us know what it's like to be saved from that, too. So that when others come along the same path, we extend to them the same kind of saving grace that was extended to us. This last story is going to come from Luke. Luke chapter 7. I'm just going to read it. It's a little bit long, but it's a good one. Luke 7, starting in verse 36. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, so she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, 
If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now which one of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from time to time, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins are forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. So, real quick. Name some things you do to make a guest feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yes. In general, you offer them a drink. <laughs> offer them a drink of water, something like that. Anybody else? Mm -hmm. A little snack, a meal, something like that, yeah. Coffee, absolutely. That's hospitality. <laughs> You might take their jacket, right? You might uh, introduce them to other people in your house. Offer them the good recliner. Offer them the good recliner. That's true. That's that's very true. Yeah, sacrificial right there. <laughs> but let's say somebody invites you over their house, right? You, you knock on the door. They come up to it. They say, hey. Open the door and just let you in, right? Like, okay, that's a little bit weird. <laughs> nice to see you too. <laughs> now your, lo your host has left you, right? And you're in the middle of this party and like, who, who are all these people, right? He didn't introduce you to anybody. That's super awkward, right? But you're, you're good. You're bold. You make yourself known. And you introduce yourself. And then half the night is gone, right? You still haven't talked to this guy who invited you over. Why do you invite you over in the first place? I don't know. But he hasn't had one conversation with you, right? But every once in a while, you look up and you see him kind of squinting at you or like whispering or like, you know, it's like, what, why am I here right now? <laughs> and at the end of the night, send a little wave because this is probably the worst night ever, right? It was just a terrible experience. So you give him a little wave. He gives you a little wave back. And you're left wondering, what was the point of that entire night? I'm glad I made some new friends, but like, what a rude host. <laughs> That's pretty much what Jesus was experiencing here. Right? Those cultural norms that were, that were usually extended to a guest in that day. You anoint them with oil, you give them somewhere to wash their feet, right? You greet them with a kiss. This man didn't even give him a handshake. That's so rude. And the reason why, and I think it's pretty clear in the text, is that he did not value Jesus. He did not understand the person of Jesus. He did not care whether or not Jesus was there in the first place. He was just 
there for the sake of being there. This seems like the good thing to do, so I guess I'm going to invite Jesus, but I'm not going to extend him any more courtesy than that. By that alone, he should be grateful. Hospitality is the practice of showing people that you value them. That's what real hospitality should feel like. The way that this Pharisee treated Jesus was offensive, and it all stemmed from that first place that he had no respect for Jesus. He was a, Jesus was either a heretic to him or you know, a nuisance at best. But he would not welcome him properly. How do you view people? We've got two commandments, right? <laughs> those are the major two, and all everything else is summed up in those, right? Love God, love people. Yeah. Is that loving people when you view them as bothersome, when you view them as annoying or just something in your way? Is that loving people? And many of us claim that we love doing the first one. We love God. Love God, but people, oh my gosh. <laughs> people are hard. <laughs> people hurt us. People have hurt us. Or they're just annoying and inconvenient. But if you can say that you love God, but not love people... What kind of God are you serving? Because if everybody else annoys you, I got a feeling that your God looks a lot like you. First John 4, 20 and 21 says, If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And he has given this, us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. And hospitality is a tangible way of showing people that you love them. It's a tangible way for you to stop pushing people out of your life. And it's a way to welcome in these people who God assigned value when he created them. Outside of whatever you think about them, God has seen them as valuable. And by showing hospitality, you're just showing God, like, I appreciate what you've made. I see the value in this person. And it's the same thing that God, would does, God does with us, isn't it? How he welcomes us into his life into his purpose into his home in revelation will be in home with in his home with him our father's house and yet which one of us is worthy of that if you value people you will practice hospitality And to not 
is honestly just a good indicator of how you stand with people. And you might ask yourself, like, what, how can I show hospitality if I don't have a home? Right? But do you think that you need a home to show hospitality? What is hospitality? It's meeting the needs of others, of being entrusted with somebody else, someone else's needs, someone else's well-being. And many of us do have homes, and we can provide that for other people. However, some of us don't. Some of us are still rooming. It's not our house. But the church has so many opportunities for you to still extend that hospitality. We have a hospitality team. That's what it's called. We have the food barn, which gives people literal food. And we need people in those positions. Always do. Outside of that, it's just a matter of keeping your eyes open to see what other people need. To not live your life completely in your own head and in your own needs and look at the needs of others. Uh, something I just want to point out about these stories is that they're not about hospitality either, either, right? We can draw those implications to us, but if we're, if we're breaking down all of these individually, I mean, that, that verse in Leviticus, that's about actual foreign people, right? So how does that, that should inform how we view immigration, right? Jesus' story is about forgiveness, not about hospitality. And Abraham's is not about how Abraham was nice to strangers, but about how he met God face to face, and he was blessed because of it. But this is because, again, we're, we're living in a totally different culture, right? They didn't need hospitality spelled out to, the, to them. They knew what it was. It was necessary for them to, to show it to other people. All God had to say was, treat people right. And they knew what to do. But our culture is not like that, right? And something, we're not going to bash our culture for what it is, right? This is how we grew up. But to not acknowledge that culture sometimes needs to change means that we would be stuck where we're at. As Americans, we're deeply individualistic. Even the best of us <laughs> still like to have our space. We're easily put out by others, right? We've become quite entitled, I think, in some ways. But that just means that hospitality does not come very easily to most of us, which just means we need to practice it more. I mean, a lot about the Bible is about reading what Jesus has said and reading what Jesus has done and just doing it, practicing it. And so when you, you hear this sermon, it's not a think about it sermon. It's not a ponder it in your heart sermon. It's a go out and do sermon. It's a keep your eyes open actively to see what others to see what others need. To not be put out when somebody asks you for something. But to give them more and abundantly more than, than they even ask for. 
because Jesus has commanded it, it did. And also because Jesus has extended that to us. You should be constantly prepared to welcome people into your life, yes. to show kindness, yes. to actively live out your faith. That's right. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And you do this because when you look at a person, you can see their value because Jesus has given you value, yes. because Jesus has given them value. So you, sh you extend that hospitality to yes. them because you see their value and because you know what it's like to be a traveler. Yes. Because you've experienced these things and you want to help somebody out. Yes. Yes. And all this being said, we, told, we sent out a little email yesterday. I don't know if you all got it. <laughs> but um, it was just telling you that today's sermon is going to be a little bit different. Mm. Right? short sermon because we're going to put this into practice. Right. Pastor Justin and I, we've been called to be um, examples to everybody and showing hospitality. And so we got some food. Yeah. <laughs> we got some food over at our house right now. And listen, if you plan to be here till 12, just spend the next 28 minutes over at our house. You know, you plan for it anyway. And honestly, it's a blessing to us that you would partake in this with us and again there is a difference between fellowship and hospitality we know that so to all our norms we love you and we're so glad we already know we're going to see you there we're so glad to have you there <laughs> but this invitation is directly an invitation for those of you who have not called this your home who have questions about the church about religion in general for those of you who have been traveling from thing to thing, from sin to sin, and not finding rest anywhere, this is our invitation to you to just be a part of our family. We just want this to be an invitation for a time in your life where you felt like the church did care for you. That's all. <laughs> we love you too. <laughs> all right, everyone. We are, we're going to head over there, but first let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the hospitality you show us every day. We thank you so much for always calling us towards goodness. Lord, would we live up to that? Out of your spirit, out of an abundance, an overflow of your Holy Spirit, which is in us. Lord, we thank you for the travelers among us. We ask that you would bring them home. And Lord, would you help us to see the value in people and invite them into our life as well as the life of Jesus Christ. Lord, bless the food we're going to eat. Bless our time together. Amen.